0: I'm pretty sure we just explained demonic possession using uh, the Matrix analogy, but literally, you're trying to create this vessel to let in the other world,
1: finally and physically into this world, and that that's why those the demons or the devils hate humanity and are warring against it.
0: The Social Psycho Confabulation with Ben and Mr. A. Nice, nice. (laughs) So we are talking about Indian throat music today. (laughs) I wish. We don't know anything Uh, about it. Uh, We're not talking about that. But it's very interesting. Love some good Indian music. Um Yeah, yeah I mean we all. do know that it doesn't it
1: functions slightly differently than uh non-Indian music, which is kind of what gives it the Indian sound. The microtones, as you called them.
0: The microtones. Yeah. they the intervals between the notes are smaller in Indian music. Uh we don't really perceive them as different notes here in the West. It's interesting. This is what we were talking about before the podcast started, because who knows why? But yeah, so we like have Do, Re, Mi. Those are like all different notes. And those intervals, like that's Do, Re. That's like the smallest interval in Western music. But in Indian music, and in Eastern music, they have like even smaller intervals where they consider... Like, do- yeah, 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 yeah. you know, kind of like that. Know, they're, you, it they're almost picking sounded up like it was getting in Indian. There. Yeah, <laughs> that was impressive.
1: But, uh, yeah, and there's one of these days this guy will be promoted to me again, and I'll bring it up, but he is not searchable because I don't even have those symbols on my keyboard of what his name is. So uh,
0: I'll just have right. to wait
1: <laughs> until that comes back again.
0: Yeah, no, there's a good documentary or show, movie, I don't know what it is, on Netflix about this, but I can't remember the name of that either. We can't remember anything. We're just telling you. Indie music, we love it. That's all. Anyway. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if it, nobody follows our um, uh, our Instagram social media Yeah, yeah. or that. our Twitter. I have like 10 followers on our Twitter, but I haven't posted okay. because Twitter is actually a cesspool, and I can't believe we would ever waste our time on that.
1: Well, I don't post on the Instagram very often, obviously, because it's a ton of work and I have, I'm old, but there is (laughs) my feed. Like when I start like scrolling to like discover something or I click on something, I start scrolling and, and when I'm on my other Instagram account, that's just me. I like send our account certain things so that like, in case I want to pull it up right and, uh, it is curating a fantastically, unbelievably, just crazy feed of just,
0: I don't even know how to is it. Is it very diverse? Is that what you're trying to say? Is it very inclusive? I feel like I'm getting close to the end of the internet. mm I had that feeling yesterday when I was searching up Adrenochrome. I felt like I was getting to the edge of the internet. Yes, that's what happens. So
1: I've got this. It's like not even a properly formatted video. I'm pretty sure this is a guy in prison. And he's just Whoa. got a black face. He but looks it's like not, Darth he's Maul. He's not black. I don't know what he's saying. Next one is this device I keep seeing people build called a Cloudbuster. They put like a crystal on some electric things and they like show you how to build the, I'm like is this legal what are we doing and we're busting clouds now Uh you know literal just cloud the,
0: busting not like crystal like magic but like people seem to be in that image
1: Yeah, destroying no,
0: cloud seeding technology or something like the opposite of whatever that is
1: oh, I've got people making animal murder devices out of sticks Conspiracies Mm. that I've I've never even heard of before, which is a lot because I've heard of a lot of conspiracies. How about this one? Where that this is just I don't know what to do with this kind of information. It's like here's that senator, and here he is six different times being totally different people, and you're like, I. uh, What do you mean? It was just
0: six images of six different looking men, but they're all the same guy.
1: I can't handle I it. This is
0: what this feed has become though. Like that's the level of conspiracy
1: where you're like that seems fake. I can't
0: believe it. It seems fake. I can't as believe
1: well. it. I can't look. I have you'll have to give me more evidence. It can't be it's got to be more than just a picture. Like I've seen two of, or three of those faces for sure, but never side well, by side Well, this is in how
0: the, the Twitter feed got or the X feed whatever. It's just so crazy because I would get on there and just see the wildest stuff and like a lot of it wasn't even real like you check some of it and you're like this is totally fake like it's not real at all or like people just people literally people just picking up on something and then like contorting it into their contorted narrative of the world like look at this like this is a great like they're gonna have global government and you're like it's just a document that says like we want to hit net zero goals it's like I understand that that is like a move toward global government but it's not a document saying like we're establishing a global government (laughs) you know or like things like that it's just not what you think it is when you look into it or whatever and then you have a lot of other stuff on there that is real and it's very disturbing like that doesn't get any media coverage like you'll have people like Matt Taibbi or whatever talking about censorship and you're like where's this in the news like it's just no one's talking about it I don't hear about it at all yeah now
1: that I'm reading this, I mean I've been reading it, not like new information, but that propaganda book. Mm. Anytime I read Jacques Ellul, I get it, it it I don't he's pretty like normal. I mean not really, but like he's he was like a science guy, you know, like university level, like professor probably had articles published in academic journals, like not a conspiracy crazy person. But uh When I read his work, it has this really strange effect on me, and I don't know if it's because it speaks to me so directly. Like I have the same kind of way of thinking. I always feel that way. Right when I pick up a new one of his things, I'm I'm always like, Oh my god, I am this guy. Like this is exactly. (laughs) I don't even know. I don't even know what the thesis fully is yet, and I'm like, I already agree. Like this is true.
0: But he He was professor of history and Sociology of Institutions on the Faculty of Law and Economic Sciences at the University of Bordeaux. Interesting.
1: Yeah, French. He was a French guy, which I like the French. I, I, I like, there's like a vibe they have. They have lots of vibes, but there was a vibe that I kind of like. You know, they're a little kind of wild people, little... Like rebellious, Mavericks. maybe. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. So we but love at the same them. time, they're a little weird. I have a French friend and sometimes I wanna be like, how like they're so brainwashed on certain level on certain things, like guns. Like she can't fathom just being able to have a gun. You know, like it's mm. so foreign to her.
0: Interesting.
1: She's she'll so I'll to be like, why, why would you need it? I'm like, well, why why wouldn't you have a gun? You know, like I just like it's almost like why would just the government have, have a gun? Kind of thing, yeah, like yeah. we have totally different brains. Like I can't believe how crazy this is. And yeah, you could ask her like, but what if the government, you know, gets crazy? Like what do you, what does the what do the French people do? And it's almost like uh wait uh that doesn't compute. Government good, you know that it's just, would never it's really happen. <laughs> that could never happen. It's like no, I'm pretty sure that's how you guys don't have guns is because that happens, but okay. Right. right. Yeah. It's just, so there's, oh, wow. there's some things about them that is a little coddled, but they've, a lot of really disturbing theories have come from there. And I like that, but a has just got me. It's like, once you real, I think the gist of it is like, once you realize that propaganda can just be understood by a guy on this level, he's not revealing like, Oh, I found secrets. Like, this is a conspiracy they don't want you to know about. He's like, no, I'm like at the time he's writing this, they're the academia is obsessed with propaganda. They're all researching it and trying to figure out how to do it best. And he's like just saying, hey, my modern colleagues say this about propaganda, but they're kind of wrong about this. And these guys are right about that. You know, it's just a very nonchalant discussion about how right. propaganda works, not like whether it exists or not. He's like, it's all propaganda. We all know that. We're all researching it, all of us, all the sociologists everywhere. And he like is quoting, the Germans think this, the Soviets think that, the Americans think this, we think that. You know, it's like they're all totally right on the nose.
0: Yeah. No, so I think this something about that era. just. Yeah, of research, yeah. academic research, at least. I feel like we don't really do a lot of stuff. and. People, if you talk to people in the academic community, like the good ones, they'll say that. They were like, well, things got really good, like right after, you know, up into World War II. And then right after World War II, because of like the Nazi, you know, camps were discovered. And then it was like, oh, and then everything changed. Yeah. And, and it was like, what are we all doing? Kind of
1: bad. And they talked a lot. And I don't know. Maybe people like the the lay person wasn't like as interested in reading that. So it didn't feel like the academia had that much like exposure that was of any risk or consequence or something, or maybe they're just, Mm. I don't know. Or maybe they didn't have a problem, including everybody in on the conversation, because I think that's probably true. I think maybe we're, we're kind of dumber now, you know, like we just don't, it's almost like sometimes they, you know, don't want to tell us things because like, after all they're idiot children, you know, you know, like they couldn't handle information of this magnitude.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, people can't read. That's the biggest thing. It's like our reading levels are so low in this country. And I'm like, like, even I struggle to understand what's written in some uh, academic papers and stuff like just because I can't understand the vocabulary. And partly that's like become more of a problem now, like because there's more jargon, like uh, literally industry specific or like uh, it wouldn't be industry, but it'd be like, you know, dogma specific or field specific terminology has just exploded but that's also because that's where the incentives are it's like in coming up with new terms for things and whatnot and so yeah but i mean even people i like carl Jung a lot for the same reasons that you like um seemingly Alul. like he's very much of a maverick and he's very weird like some of his stuff you're like wow this is genius this is brilliant like no one could come up with this and then other some of his stuff you're like you sound like you're mentally ill like yeah you, you, you start, start asking absolutely crazy y-
1: you start asking too many intelligent questions and all of a sudden you're not really sure how to defend the theory anymore, but you still believe it's true. It's just that, like, there are people out there that can, like, credibly challenge this. Not to the point of, like, extinguishing it, but to the point where you're like, well, that's a good point. But still. He's right, but right. Still, like, it this would be good so to believe. Exciting. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is good to believe for me, at least. I know. Yeah. It's so was weird gonna- because I don't even know what to make of that. Because you're like, how is it Can both be true. Like, how can we have, like, one of the forefathers of deep psychology, like, the person who gifted us all these ideas about, like, archetypes in the shadow and, like, personality and completeness and unconscious archetypes and conscious, you know, self and ego, the person who did a lot of the foundational thinking on all of that, like, also said things like, the squaring of the circle and mandala dreams and like God is real and like he comes to you in dreams and then the dreams mean very specific things and he's like the movement of the circle to the left and to the right and conscious and unconscious and like the way he does dreaming else you're like you sound like you're high on crack man like what is going on what is well, going on it definitely and then you like do you... I believe it or not I don't
1: yeah. Know. It get, it can make you wanna like go into it, you know, because you start thinking it's like you know, in these two books, like the tech the to the pairing, the sister books of Alul's propaganda books. and tech yeah. and uh techno tech the technological, technological society, society. Yeah. He he kinda tells you like it seems like he kinda tells you in a way what he doesn't believe. You know, he'll like tell you positively, like It's not this. It's not that I'm saying this. And then you start going, but he has this, you feel this like robust, I don't, I hate to use the word, but like ideology. And then you're like, but I don't know what it is. And maybe he's telling me directly and it's so different that I can't internalize it at all. And I just feel like I need more exposure to it. But there's also a part of me that's like, where do you tell me? Like, when do you tell me the truth? Mm. You know, like, so I bought, I have his... Propaganda book. I have his his technological society book. I have this book, which I can't wait wait to read just because the title on freedom, love, and power. Like that's so different of a a vibe. I'm like, so maybe this will have
0: yeah. That sounds interesting. Like like freedom, love, and power.
1: I'm really into all those things. Like what what's going on there? So propaganda first, and then freedom, love, and power. And he became like a Christian pacifist. So it's like. He must have some idea. And nobody talks about him anymore. At all. Mm -hmm. Zero. Like, and I, that's why I wanted to start that uh, podcast about him at one point. Because people were talking, because Kaczynski came out with his book. And Kaczynski got famous for just a second. Like, he had like another little burst. When he died. And a lot, there were some people out there, podcasters mainly, who had just, they would like mention in passing, oh, you know, he was if you really want to know about this, you should read about Elul. Actually, the mm. podcast I'm thinking of, one of the bigger ones, called him Jacques L U L. Which I oh, understand why they you don't think even that's know the way you pronounce it. So even that is gonna make it a little difficult to find. But yeah, he's uh he's gotta have something in there.
0: I had Well it's
1: why did we start talking about this? There was something that I was you said that sparked my mind for an actual propaganda. Topic.
0: I don't know. I was talking about my feed and like propaganda, like some stuff it's just it's crazy on Maybe. X or whatever that's, you see. It's yeah. like not real or other stuff. You just see Matt Taibbi reporting on stuff that's like where this is just not even in like these are just facts that are just excluded from mainstream media. But that's the thing I was going to say is like so some of the stuff what you were saying about, oh, it's so hard to understand Alul's ideas or whatever and i feel that way about young like sometimes it's really difficult to understand what he's saying and i have to like read it and then sit with it and then like a month later i feel like i'll have thought about it enough that i'll be like oh i think this is what he's talking about and like i understand it a lot better now but that's weird like and partly that's like it makes me think about like propaganda because there's some stuff and Darwin said this too. like Darwin was like, I keep forgetting things that don't fit into my world theory. And I like have to write them down because I systematically like don't remember no, we them. Should say
1: that. Yes, we should say that slower. Like Darwin literally said like I so Darwin's like writing and writing and thinking and thinking and thinking. Everyone knows that he comes up this theory of evolution and he like admits in a journal somewhere where he's like, I keep finding facts basically that make my theory not not work. And then – but I conveniently forget those facts. Like I just forget right. that I fit, found a fact that didn't work with my shit and I just – my brain just threw it out. And he starts so he said like I need to start – he like consciously said I need to start writing these facts down that disagree with my theory that I keep discovering because I have a propensity to forget things that don't agree with what I already consciously agree with. So how right, do I stop right. forgetting all these things? And he's like I guess I'll just start writing them in these journals all the stuff that right. makes me not right.
0: <laughs> but that was Which my point. Like yeah, it's like genius. It's so hard. The primacy of your narrative is so ingrained and entrenched. And it's like you literally can encounter factually true information and just like completely dismiss not it because it doesn't not align it. with some, yeah, preconceived notions you have about the world. And that's what I feel about Jung and stuff like – I feel like these people get to the edges of stuff and they get so far out there. Like you think about something, like think about an expert, like how the delta between where they are in understanding a topic and where you are. I think they're just so far out there on some things that it's like, it just, there's a long road for you to take to get from where you are to where they are. And I think you you don't want, you don't have the tools to evaluate like how accurate it is because of that. But then also I think, you kind of just dismiss it. Like, it sounds crazy. That delta, like, you perceive it, I think, as like, well, that's just really out there. Like, that's that can't be. That's so crazy. That's so different from what I believe. But maybe what you believe just is, like, very unsophisticated or very wrong or, you know. And I feel like that is probably what's happening. Like, a lot of stuff we believe that's, like, we just take basic facts. And, like, a lot of our understanding of the world, to me, is just very basic. Like, it's not, it's not true. It's just, like, literally the most it's almost like the most effective model of the world like you would think like how could we have like the most effective perception of the world it would be like well it would be the most efficient one the one that's like the simplest that will work and that's what I feel like we have and I feel like the way things really are is very complicated very like more woo-woo and like hard to explain and not simple terms and then you hear that, though, and you're like, oh, I couldn't possibly, like, have a mental model of the world like that. And that's probably true, but it's probably more accurate. I don't know. That's just my thoughts on the matter.
1: No, I'm – okay, so uh, how to begin. I sent a message recently to Monica, and I'm just going to give you a piece of the conversation. or And we might mm-hmm. have to bleep her name out because I don't know what I'm about to tell you. <laughs> but I ended up saying to her – and this will we'll tie in another... I don't want to get off the interesting thing we're saying, so I won't say what this is. conversation was really about, ultimately. But during the conversation, I said... So I told her, like, hey, recently, I felt like I was maybe, like, checking out the blue pill, just, like, seeing what that might be like. And then I was like, nah. And then I threw out the red pill, and I went straight for the black pill. And it's because... In a way, it's kind of like because of what you're saying that it's this realization in me that things are, in fact, that crazy that like and I don't mean crazy like, oh, things are just going crazy out in the world. No, I mean, like the way reality works is so unfortunate. It, it seems like it seems i want to use the word unfortunate like it's wow it works like that that's terrible like we like reality sometimes kind of just is whatever people just kind of like agree on like that doesn't seem right because people agree on wrong things mm-hmm. and then what mm-hmm. you know cuz i feel like in a way that's what you're saying mm-hmm. is that so you get so far out there that you have you can't even talk to people about it Re- right. And then when you do, right. they they might even act like and think to themselves, oh, I get what you're saying totally. Like that totally makes sense. But it's like you might not be getting it because there may not actually be vocabulary really for what I'm discovering. And right. when I put right. the string of words together in our vocabulary that would indicate and try to point at what I'm pointing at, all those words I'm using already have um, ties Emotionally, symbolically, to other things context, in our in our reality yeah. that you will be drawn back to as allegories and analogies and ways to understand what I'm saying. But it actually won't. Your so your vocabulary is pulling you back actually away from this thing that I feel like I'm onto, as mm. Carl Jung, If I'm mm-hmm. on young, you know what I mean, right? And that's really interesting. So there's this theory, and I don't. The, I I literally have no idea if this is even possible. Or true, or if you could ever find out if it were true and how true you could figure out. But there are other similar studies, but there's this theory, you know, that the natives let the, uh, the big colonizing ships come to, sh- come to shore because they literally couldn't see them, basically, because oh, they yeah. didn't have a concept for what it was. So they might've looked out at them and been like, and just like their brain saw it, but just registered like, oh, clouds out there, you know, but really it was a ship coming to sea, but it was far in the distance. You know, what is that? And then they don't have a con. I don't know how the theory really works. Like the closer it gets, you like start trying to formulate and like the crazy person is like, oh, it's a big, it's a boat. Actually, it's a boat the size of like a thousand boats, you know? And people were like, no, that's not a boat you see. Like that, that's not what a boat is. Like boats are like canoes or whatever, you know, however the mind. And I don't know if that's true or not true, but it it does kind of point to those experiments where people are like shown three lines that are all the same size except for the third. And the third one is like purposefully a different, noticeably different size so that the trick is obvious. And then you just get a room full of people to all go, Oh, those are all three, the same size. And then the one guy that's not part of the the experiment goes, yeah, they're right. Yeah. They're all three the same when it's clearly not. So what's going on? Like, is that how deep, like, is that depth of crazy going on in our reality? And I think the answer is yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: that's I how bad it. our understanding of what could and should be is. And the fact that, and I'm not yes. worried about how yeah. things are. I mean, I am, but I'm, I'm worried about the way, the fact that these, this fact we're tired of talking about, like the fact that, like, that's the kind of world we live in. Like, is, there's that much malleability to it in theory. And I'm concerned that people don't even have a single, they don't believe that fact. They can't fathom even that fact. And if you can't fathom that, then you can't get away from the timeline or the trajectory you can't, you know, you'll just, you'll just keep going with this flow, this current, because this is the current that makes total sense. Like this is the current that your whole reality is tethered to.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Good for good or
1: bad. I don't know if that's good or bad. Maybe it's, maybe it keeps things from being catastrophic. If everything kind of stays tied to something like that.
0: I mean, this was the thing. So young would say that the only, the problem with that is that it's unconscious is that it's that we need to become conscious of these things and that there's like a spiritual truth embedded in that. But he was worried that, well, if we don't know what we're doing or know, like, become aware of these things. Like, the kind a of way, we're talking about, like, you have to become aware that, like, oh, like, a lot, like this can be so co-opted and so constructed. Like, social construction is a real phenomenon. Like, you can get people to agree on things that are just totally made up and that be like a new reality for people to agree on that's just totally untethered from actual reality and young was like that like symbolically and spiritually in like religious literature is like akin to death like that to like to fall into unconsciousness is to die like a spiritual death but also like that will lead to like a literal death like because you won't be able to face the challenges that will befall you when you fall into unconsciousness, and he said that could happen like what kind of on the individual level.
1: What is falling into unconsciousness? Like what would so that like mean exactly?
0: Yeah, like in that way that like oh you just believe the world that you're given. Like you're kind of unconscious of the undercurrent that's pulling you out to see, You know, like and that there's like a mm. un, like there's a collective unconscious that's like pulling you and that mm. that's pulling all of us. So that's like it's like happening at the individual level, but also at the collective level. And that if we don't become conscious of those things, we can't effectively deal with them or like face the problems that might arise or whatever. And so that's what I think is like the problem with, you know, just going with the flow or like we have to go on this progress trajectory or whatever, I'm like, you like, one will die like a spiritual death in doing that. Like you'll just be a tumbleweed that gets blown away, you know, you're lost. Like literally like the you, the individual, like this is the point I think people miss, like the individual is lost. Because you're not individuated in any way if you're just following the collective. And so then it's like, what are you? You're just a fragment of a collective idea. And if the collective idea is totally socially constructed, then you're dead. Like, you're not really alive. Like, it's just, you've just been part of an idea. And so I think that's like, you die already in some sense. You never lived if that's your whole life. You know what I'm saying? I think it's like... Is that kind of crazy? Am I sounding like young? Like, I'm out there now?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, It it sounds like... Well, okay, I'll still say this. Like, reality maybe is very socially constructed, but I think there's a component of... I think maybe it would almost be helpful to think of, like, the subconscious that those thinkers came up with, like Jung and Freud. Mm -hmm. And that there's... and that there, there's, there might be like a sub, subconscious. Because the thing about the subconscious How is that they discover it. Well, because you can know that there's a subconscious, right? Re- acting out there, you know what I mean. Like you actually do have some weird awareness of it in a way, hmm. you know. Like you, you can because you can notice yourself. Like you can do something. And then immediately after doing it, be like, why did I do that? Like that was, and then immediately go like, I, that was like a program in my brain somewhere that I just like, reason wasn't conscious. Yeah. Yeah. Like somebody said something, I took it personally and I immediately recognized after the fact that was not even directed at me. Like, how could I even take that personally? They were talking to someone else. You know what I mean? Like just, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, what was that? Like, how did I, and you know, I did that for a reason anyways. Reason I'm thinking that is just because there's something. I don't know how I'm going to link this idea to that, but I was also talking to someone the other day about this. Okay, like they have. I'm using the woke, not the woke. They they to disguise identity. Actually, oh my God. <laughs> this person has um,
0: uh. a
1: daughter who is having the teenage situation. You know what I mean? A time. Like hmm. the teenage angst. So anytime someone describes that to me. I understand it perfectly. You know what I mean? Like they think this is extreme. None of my other kids are like this. I'm like, listen, I was going to kill myself and everyone else. When I was that age, I understand, you know, like I was going to burn it down. I didn't care. I, I don't know what was going on for me, but it was intense. And I'm like, you imagine, so think of like the teenage girl who's having like a really hard time. She's a teenager, maybe she's struggling with friendships or this. just so much drama in the life and so many feelings about it. And you care about all the things that they are to care about, you know? what? And like even your status, whatever that even means, on like social medias and stuff, like just, are you lonely? Are, are you pretty? Are you smart? Who's my group? But there's also the kind of volatility That seems, so that's a lot of external things. And then there's this internal thing too, you know, like the feeling, the experience that that one person is having. And you see, there's a discordant nature to it. And my thought on that when talking to this person and about this daughter, I mean, I said, I said as much. There's like a conflict between something, you know, inside the, your daughter and reality outside of her. So, while reality is socially constructed, I think what happens is that there's like, that's like the sub sub Or maybe that's what they mean. Maybe that we've just so familiar with subconscious that we think it's more real than they th- than Young thought it was. Maybe that's literally what he means. Like, there's this other thing. It's totally unaccessible. And it is weird. And you don't even have to even know about it. You can like, mm-hmm. little by little through your life. So, I'm looking at the teenager. I'm like... You know, in a sense, I'm like, it's okay, this happens. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, this is this is kind of like, what if they, how they traverse through this time in their life, this crazy time of being a teenager, can determine a lot of the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. It did for me ex- to an extreme, extreme, extreme level. And what is happening in that transition? I don't know. There's like self-help approaches, positive thinking, but there's also yeah. like, this difference between the world that you're trying to interact with and some innate thing, some other thing inside of you. What is it, you know?
0: Yeah. why? well, this is what Jung was obsessed with, yeah. It's like the nature of people. Yeah, so you could just keep f- pushing along that co-
1: that conscious path, it seems like, you know, and then you just kind of become... Maybe you become a normie, you know, you really care kind of too much what all your friends think. You're a little shallow. You're, you actually know things that Kim Kardashian did or didn't do. You know, you, you know, football numbers and all, yeah. you know what I mean? Like not, not, not that anything that's necessarily bad, but just that, that you, you adjust Out of those that angst, and you pick something in a way, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean. You you get going some direction, and then your your midlife crisis comes when you realize and you look back and go, "Oh shit, I see what happened there." Right. Yeah. I need a I need a Corvette. Like I need to get my shit together. I need to be cool, man. Like I need to. What something got to change? You know. Anyways, I well I'm ranting about something I know nothing about. I'm sorry, everybody. No, it's
0: uh well that's it's interesting because that's what young. I think and this is based off of what Young thought, but in adolescence, you're having that process of individuation. You know, like you are becoming conscious for the first time. That's like, you know, your transition from childhood to adulthood is like you becoming conscious. And as you become conscious, you also become like individuated, like you become an individual. And that's why that's I think so you see, interesting. Yeah. Because you see teenagers
1: want to like act out. Mm-hmm. There is a kind of a dichotomy between. Two child psychologists at the time that I'm talking about, I don't remember the era, but a long time ago, Piaget and Vygotsky. I think it's and it seemed early like to mid-1900s, is, yeah. Yeah. And it seemed, same time period, basically. Yeah. Back when science was, like, really rigorous. Um, and it seemed like, at some point, like a dichotomy developed between them, and it could be boiled down to, we start out as individuals and become part of a collective. That was Piaget, or uh, Piaget, Mm-hmm. And Vygotsky was, I think that's right. I, th- I think I'm attributing to the right person. And then Vygotsky was like, no, we start as a collective and become an individual. I think I have that reversed. I think Piaget thinks, no, I think I have it right. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have attributed, whatever, a lot of people have attributed this difference to one came from a communist country and one came from a west a more Western. European
0: country. Yeah,
1: European country right and so one was big on like individual being an individual and one was like no no we're part of a collective but then when you dug into their theories it's like is there really much of a difference here like they're saying the same thing but yeah it is their their worldview was a little was like somehow upside down from each other which was odd
0: yeah well so the end of that thought like so you become an individual in you know adolescence and i think that's the you know you're trying to stick out and i also think that's the The lure of like different identities, literally, like because you want to be unique and become an individual. And so, like, you take on these like bespoke identities. And I think that's why things like, you know, fill in the blank are very common among teenagers. Um, But anyway, so I think uh, there's also this conflict. Yeah, so the conflict emerges for the first time in like the central conflict of your life, which is really the unconscious and the conscious, because you're becoming aware for the first time. And there's a conflict there, I think, between what you're aware of and what you're not. And that that there's a, like, that's the conflict of the will, you know, like, why can't I will everything? Why can't I will what I want, you know, or want or will what I will, like that sort of thinking. And that emerges for the first time in adolescence. And I think that that is young thought. And then
1: all the successful people go, right. They give you a, uh, completely contradictory pieces of advice at the same time. They go, "Well, you've got to play the game. Oh my god, you got to play yeah. by the rules." And then they also say, "You got to be. You got to do something different.
0: You go know? your own like, way."
1: Okay, thank you. So You're helping me so much. Right, doubling down the conflict.
0: Right, and that's what yeah, Jung thought was that the that was the nature of the conscious and unconscious that they had this compensatory relationship that they were like, and. He compares it like he has all these like woo woo like spiritual now. He's like, that's like a marriage, you know, like man and woman, like two opposites meeting and like constantly opposed, but like together a whole. And he was like, but that's also going on inside you. Like the conscious and the unconscious constantly opposed, like compensating for one another, but together the whole person. And I think that that's, yeah, yeah, the whole thing. I think when you
1: notice that it's that intense, I think that's why it was like a natural evolution of this thinking into sure psychology, but that's the obvious one, but also into like Joseph Campbell, you know, like, no, this is this becomes like the basis of storytelling. And it's like, mm. and then stories become, you know, then you can go full circle and go back before any of these theories, you know, you jump all the way back in the timeline and you go, it's always stories, everything's stories. In fact, even your history is stories. And then you think about stories and the conscious and the unconscious, what you're aware of and what you're not aware of, and you go, are the stories even true and if they're not true if they seem fantastical are they still true on some other level and then you it's like this kind of repeating circle of of trying to discover it's the snake eating its tail mm. almost and that's are like what yeah and then and then the aurora, aurora yeah that <laughs> is ouroboros is la, that's i've heard it called something else but when Auroboros. i start to say the other version i start saying aurora borealis and that's not right <laughs> um <laughs> But it's, uh, yeah, there's, it's, it's like, then you realize that actually that snake eating his tail is actually also a facet of reality itself, perhaps, somehow. somehow. And it makes me, this is where actually the black pill thing came to me that I said, where I'm like, I find, I think I just took the black pill because I realized. Throughout red and blue. Yeah. Because it's so, that is so, there's, there is something, there's ultimate truth, some, somehow. You know, right. whatever it is, it's so it's so supreme. There's a god, and so yeah. ultimate. It's basically it's like there's a god. I don't care if you are offended by the 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 concept of a god. What that means is that you you are not smart. Those people. It's so funny. They think that means they're like so intelligent. They can actually break free of like superstition, but that's not what it means. If you I would say it's probably true for the same proportion of people who do believe in God. Your, oh. your idea of it is just too small. It's too limited. So if you, if it's very easy to accept that there's a God, you probably have a pretty limited idea of what God is. But if you have a, no belief, like there's just can't be a God. There's like, we. it's more likely that we've been, been planted here by an alien civilization. Like then you are <laughs> yes. totally not going the distance here with your no. theory of God, because I'm what so, we're talking yeah. about has to be this, everything we just said, where you go, you listen to it probably in a podcast where we go, these people are not saying anything. Like we're not saying anything. It's like, exactly. Because what is, because it's like, you just, you can drop into the expanse of reality and look in any direction and be like, there's all of it. There's constructed reality. There's people who know about constructed reality who are just manipulating the world. There's people who have figured out certain facets of it to such an extent that they've created organizations that own 80 to 90% of the S&P 500, aka the entire world economy. There's people that are also still surviving and living on streets. I mean, there's just such an expanse. Like, that's, that is not even the width of of the diversity of re- of actual true reality and what is reality uh, insert that song
0: what is reality obviously no one can say because it isn't words
1: it isn't material that's just an idea
0: reality is
1: Reality is, and you know, it's like, (laughs) yeah, that's why I love that song. It's like, it's like, yes, that's right. Reality is, and then you said, and then there's no word there. It's just a sound from an instrument or something, you know, it's like, that's symbolic. What is it? And it probably is, there's people that are discovering really crazy things about frequency. And I believe that there's something Mm. deep, deep, deep to it. But I still don't think that would encompass what truth, the ultimate supreme truth is. I think oh, yeah. that, that it's almost like there really is a – there's two words. One of them is destiny. What's the other word? Fate. Hmm. There really might be like a fate or a destiny or something of – maybe of you, maybe not. Maybe that's the, the, the area humans inhabit is the line between that or one step before destiny and fate where where you end up with a reality where destiny is true but fate isn't and you go how could that be and it's like well we don't know because free will and like why is why haven't we figured out free will we've been talking about it for 4000 years it's like because it it's cuz this is the kind of world because this is how ultimate reality is it's yeah. like what is going on here god some people have put it as like god is trying to become self-aware so it's expression Reality, all possibility is a constantly expressing itself all the time in in a mm. myriad of different ways. And it explains how come there could be good and evil. It's like we just don't know. Right. It's so intense. But, yeah. but that's what reality is.
0: Well, I think, yeah, you can't <clears throat> say it in a, a word or whatever. Like reality is insert, you know, matter, energy, vibrations, because – to be con- conscious like that, like just some conscious concept, you're, that would, Jung would say like, well, you're unbalanced. Like it's uh, the ego or the conscious self is like totally taking over. Like in that in that way of understanding the world, that, like it completely could be conscious. But that the unity of self is like conscious plus unconscious in the way that the unity of the world and reality would fundamentally also be those things. And um, yeah, but it's interesting that you brought this up because I was thinking the, like religious aspect of it, because so you were saying like, oh, how could atheists believe this nonsense? Like they think they're avoiding, you know, or transcending superstition and like, you know, reason. But again, they're making the mistake of like confusing reality with just consciousness. And like everything I'm aware of is reality. It's the sum total of reality. And that's how I can believe that atheism is completely true. And like, there's nothing outside of reason that could be real. Now, I think I've also met people, and this really Fs me up, um, People we know very closely, uh, family members and stuff, and also other people like fundamentalist religious people who talk about God in a way that is so inaccessible to me. It's very, I find it very hard to like understand the experience that I'm having when talking to these people because they'll say things and you're just like, what the, are you talking about, man? Like, I don't know what you're saying. And I don't think I can know. I don't think you, like, you know, you seem to really emphatically believe something about what you're saying. Like there's a spirit of what you're saying that I can tell that is genuine. I don't know what that is. I don't know if you're capturing it well in words. I don't know if you understand it.
1: And what the, those are the types of people that when you challenge them, they go, well, you have, that's why you have to have faith. That's why you have to believe. It's like, well, I have to believe because I have a question that you can't explain. And to those people, the answer to that question is, yes, that's correct. And I understand right. how you could get there by going, by somehow prior to full understanding, accepting the truth of it and going, I know this is true. I've had a, something happen sometime. Some people say it's an experience they had, some, whatever, where you go, nope. It's true. There's a God. I know there is. This proved it to me. And then later, you can be confronted with those things. Like, well, then how do you explain this? And you go, I don't understand. They'll tell you, like, I don't understand everything. I don't even, how could I know the mind of God? I mean, I just know that it's there. I have faith and I believe. And you're like, and the atheist says, that's stupid. That's not how you come to know facts or whatever, you know, truth, whatever.
0: So, right. But it's but yeah. hard. It's hard. I feel like it's such a challenging experience. That's what it really messes with me because I feel like, and we talked about this before, but like, I mean, I'm still hung up on this challenge of like, when you open yourself up to those sorts of things, you open yourself up to all sorts of beliefs. And then maybe to a more refined understanding of that, it's like, well, maybe you shouldn't take it literally, like completely consciously, because that's not even what they're trying to talk about. And so it's, like, when they say, like, God is a man in the sky and he loves you and he, like, died on a cross, like, maybe you're not supposed to, like, believe that literally because, like, that's not – we're clearly not talking about, like, the, con- the things that we're all consciously aware of and could understand rationally. Um, they're talking about something else. But then you're, like, but what does it mean then? How do I understand it? How do I access it? And how do I know that it's real? And that, I think, is a hard thing. How do I even know what you're saying, really? Like, to even begin to evaluate whether it's real because I can't evaluate it, really. And that, uh, it really messes me up. It really messes me up.
1: Yeah. And I don't know if there's much of a way around it, but I do think some, something kind of strange is that I, I do from time to time, get the impulse to, to, to believe, just believe, you know what I mean? Just be like, just have that realization. Like, you know, I, I, I know it, it's so big. I can accept that like the way I get to it is so, so I, we know people that have a very different way of coming to believe that if, if I came to believe and then explained my way of belief, the same belief they have basically to them, they would be like, they would not even understand what I, what I said, you know, like for me, mm-hmm. I, I can mm-hmm. just simply think of the thing which I've mentioned a million times by now, like, Oh, well, if I think hard about reality and I'll, I'll eventually come to this question of like, why and how something instead of nothing and, or just contemplate nothingness, like just spend a full 20 minutes trying to wrap your head around nothingness. And you'll be like, wait, nothing. They're actually, it be what, okay, let me explain it this way. Using that example what happens doing when you're doing that is you realize that even the physical reality itself that you find yourself in lacks at this in the same way that a spiritual belief does it lacks mm-hmm. a, a adequate explanation So even rational, clarity
0: and cohesion, completeness and
1: the right. And so the the atheist would be like, well, look at cell phones, look at technology, look at space and look at all these things we know now. So we'll just figure that out one day. And I go, no, you're doing this recently. And for a thousand years prior, people were doing other things in a different realm of spirituality and everything. And they made the same kind of progress you're making. You know, like you're just mm-hmm. going down mm-hmm. this other path, and you're going, you'll, you'll, you also will hit the ultimate question. If you at the a thousand years from now, you know, if we just keep going down, science actually did something with itself and did good, good science. Even
0: right, if I think we don't, don't still destroy ourselves. The, yeah, right. Good science would
1: still lead you to huh, this. Still, really doesn't make any sense. Like even if you discover how it is it doesn't like you'd still be going well why yeah like, how like how is this even possible how how are we even how is th- how is stuff possible like okay we know the laws all laws of physics then we've made them all laws they're no longer theories you just go okay but that's what did you just <laughs> discover <laughs> right. then? what right. what is that that you discovered did you discover that that i mean i feel like you come to either conclusion that means
0: who wrote a cause? Or yeah. that yes, exactly. <laughs> Where did You're they like, come I don't know
1: what is this? What are we finding here? Like what even even math can make me think. I'm like, just one plus one equals two. You're like, what the fuck does that mean? And why did it take hundreds of years to discover one and then a hundred more like hundreds more years to find zero? You know, it's like, of course there was a zero, but it's like, no, not of course. They had to figure that yeah. out. They'd like discover it. You're like, wait, what about none? It's like, well, duh, I can have one penny or no pennies. Like, isn't that zero? I mean, it seems so obvious to us, but it's fundamentally far more
0: yeah. deep than that. No, I heard some guy saying on the podcast recently, he was like, one plus one is not two. And he's like, we're taught that. And he's like, and in an abstract mathematical world, that is true. But he's like, but one plus one is not always equivalent. Like- One, because when you talk about the real world, he's like, things are never equivalent. Like when you, one apple plus another apple is not two apples. Every apple is different. Different size, different shape, different color, Mm, different taste. The problem
1: of equivalence. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And he's like, there's nothing ever truly equivalent. And then he's like, and then if you tried to even abstract it, like, one one apple plus one apple is not one banana plus one banana. Like he's like the world is yeah. just really complicated, and we try to understand it in this way. And, he's and
1: like, ones and tw- ones and twos and threes and all that—that's a base ten model. There's people that believe you can use a different oh, base model, yeah. you know. And you're like, well, what does that mean? I don't even understand. I can't even wrap my head around that. Like it's another—it's like a theory within a theory. And
0: you're like, well, okay. that's what I think. Maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I think computers like bits and bytes are not base 10. Like I think they're base eight or something. Like the way, mm. like how computers work is actually right, not right. base 10. Um, because a byte is eight bits, um, and a bit is a zero or a one or something. And if you try to, there's like a math, you can look this up. I did it when I was in a computer science class. And like converting bytes to bits and all this stuff, Like it, you have to do some weird math because the numbers are not the same bases. Um, so, anyway, yeah. It, but that's just an example, like an uh, example of that. How, yeah, you can have like functional systems operating in different mathematical uh, truths or whatever, different mathematical rules and rule sets and whatnot. But the thing, uh, this only, I bring this up because the personal aspect of this is that like people, like uh, we have people in my, I have people in my life that send me things that just stress me the fuck out. Like it just will be like, Jesus is coming back soon, like, hope you're ready. And it's like, it's just text, you know, like on a Tuesday, like at 11 a.m. Like, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, make sure you're thinking about this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, I don't know what to make of this. And I know that like people, cause I told this to a coworker, I was like, let me just be honest with you. I was like, this is what's going on in my life. And I'm gonna tell you, this stresses me out a little bit. And you know, it came to me that like, in sharing that I was like, you know, not everybody's having this experience. Like not everybody gets texts like this. Where, you know, by the way, everything you think might be real is also probably not real. And maybe this is really happening. And you should really think about how to completely restructure your life. Um, I don't know. But it stresses me out. And I don't know. Uh, It's interesting because that's the challenging experience I have where I'm like, I don't know. I don't even know what to do with that. Like, it's so foreign to everything Like, it's even foreign to the way these people who are texting me are living their lives. Like I don't even know. Like, should you also change how you're living? Like, what do do we mean here? Like, I don't know. I don't know. don't know. Yeah, I get those texts too. So, I, I, I don't
1: know. I don't know. But here's this. Hang on a second. Let's do this for just a second.
0: We are so tied up in our
1: minds that we've lost our senses.
0: Time to wake up. What is reality? Obviously, no one can say, because it isn't words.
1: It isn't material, that's just an idea.
0: Reality is...
1: Anyway, I totally agree with that. That <laughs> yes. is what well, that's reality. I don't know what that was. By the way, that is a song called Overthinker by Enzo. It's amazing. I have not heard a single other song by that artist that is remotely listenable, but that song will speak to you if you even f- are still listening to this podcast episode. <laughs> because, oh my God. Yeah. Like, so what did he say? He said, We're so wrapped up in our minds that we've lost our senses. Right, and I think that's even that is true. So I think that there's a level of which at which that's why everything's so crazy. The again, trans and this and that. I mean all these wild, wild things. Whether we we're going to shut down the government and to reopen the government, part of the budget has to be fifty gazillion dollars to Ukraine. It's like we're talking about our fucking government. That so you tell me <laughs> that, that it's all going to shut down. Because we're like, can't figure out how to get money and stuff. And you're like, but we have to make sure that we send a gazillion dollars all over the world to different places. It's like, you've, we've lost our senses. Literally, like you're, you're not listening and seeing and feeling and touching, you know, touching taste. You're not, you're literally not having your senses anymore. And yes, yes, experience is flowing
0: through thinking. Yes, it's actually shaping what you think and feel, and or what you see and taste and touch. You know, it's literally like I feel like everything is flowing from the mind now. It's so crazy. From what I you broke up for a second? Oh, like the mind, like everything, like, oh, yeah experienced, sensed reality is flowing from the mind. Like it's actually reshaping what we see and what we taste and what we touch. And I mean, like that's literally happening. Like the that's what VR and metaverse is. Like that's completely constructed in the mind. And we decided, you know, we thought those things out. We decided what the what would be in the fantasy world that we're going to project in front of our own eyes. Like now what we see is like completely been you know co-opted by what's in our mind it's just yeah it's oh yeah 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 no i think that's
1: because and i think a lot of that is like it gives us feeling reactions emotional reactions that's how we're moving through the world so like and you're trapped in your mind and i think that's true i think that metaverse thing there's that re- recent one with lex Friedman and the robot guy uh what's his name mark, mark zuckerberg. zuckerberg yeah was it whatever? It's a little. The edit. The video is obviously a little bit edited. It has to be because of the way that it was presented. Nevertheless, that was the first. So where I was, I was fairly underwhelmed by Chat GPT. I'm like, so so what? Like it can Google fast. Good for it. You know, so I don't freaking to, fake. It, it could. It could. Yeah, it could tell me what Google says. Fancy. And then it half of the shits wrong. So useless. Also. But this was especially considering what their original launching of metaverse was, which was like Minecraft graphics, like, like Wii or Nintendo something. I mean, just terrible. Yeah, it looked it like, like Wii worst. characters. Yeah. We literally it was, it was her- horrible. It didn't even have any rep- uh, yeah. representation of like being even human half the time. And then the next one that comes out is like photo. And I, we just talked about this. I'm like, why can't they make photorealistic versions of people? And that's exactly what I just said that. And this is exactly what that is. And, and in fact, even down to the fact that it will actually be more data efficient because it's not sending a video, which is big and real. It's sending a code of to recon, to reconfigure on the other end, which video is doing the same thing, but it's, but a lot of this, it's not actually send, you know, video is sending all mm-hmm. of it. Whereas this is sending enough to, I guess, just to reconstruct it. Whatever that means. However, that's more data efficient. I don't know, but I believe it. So it makes well, me Well, because they think send the
0: actual like, video data, which is like fully constructed and rendered and whatnot, which is rich. Versus just send in like the underlying layer. If you could like model it and whatnot, it would be less rich. Right. So, and it's super impressive.
1: And I can totally see that in 10 years, that is going to be unbelievable. And it could be a, it, it's going to be enticing. Like, a yeah, game, like imagine scary. doing just even doing this, what we're doing with that technology would be so much more of a rich experience. And there's something inside of me that's like, that's scary. Yeah. And there's also something. I also do see the feel the urge to, to just accept it and be like, we're going to star Wars future. Like that's just where we're going. But mm-hmm. what is that? And it's like what you're saying is it is, f- it is really packing a lot of your experienced reality, really, really packing it into your mind. And sure, it uses your senses, but it's like simulating re- the senses that you're experiencing are simulated reality. Mm-hmm. That's what you're sensing. And that's, that's f- mm-hmm. freaky because it really does speak to where. Like a sci-fi version of like where we're going, you know, like into the matrix or into the, you know, like really, like we that could be pretty, pretty crazy, possible.
0: I mean, that's yeah, what uh, one of those French philosophers thought. I can't remember his name, but he thought that yeah, like I mean, he wrote about this in the nineteen mid nineteen hundreds. He was like simulacra and simulation is the book, and it's not great philosophy. You can read it because he's so angry, but he does have a point. Yeah, yeah. And he has a point, though, where he's like, everything we experience in society is like socially constructed. He's like, and it mimics things that are like, they never even happened. Like, people never, like, when you go to like the little live, work, play, eat, it's like, evoke something. And he's like, but it's like simulating a reality that's not real. It's like, that doesn't even correspond to anything. In the natural world. Yeah. And then it, well, like yeah. imagine him today, like in the metaverse. I'm like, this is just like that to the end I'm Like, we've already been heading this way. That was my only point. Yeah. Now, I mean, the like metaverse will the blow. blow them away. Yeah. Yeah. But
1: even like just our uh, advertisements, you know, like a beer commercial or Coca Cola commercial or McDonald's oh, commercial. Yes. Like, they're selling garbage poison without a doubt, without a doubt. And the whole, and they think you need to consume more, 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 more. And there's actually nothing even to say about the stuff that's good. There's no, there actually is not a selling point other than it tastes. You'll like the taste maybe if you've been eating this shit for the past fifty years. Otherwise, it'll taste like a box of chemicals. Right. And, but they all of the advertising for it is just like people like you having a good time, you know. And they don't really usually have not even real either. Like they're right. they it's so fabricated. But what is how does that work though? And does it work? I mean, they spend gazillions of dollars on it. It must work. And yeah. that's that's how easy it is to tap in. That's what I'm saying is that yes. there's like this propaganda thing. There's, that's where we started. You know, there's literally are actually people out there who, not that they're living some spiritual life and they understand the nature of reality, but they understand propaganda and they know like COVID-19, whatever you believe about it. The fact of the matter is it didn't even have to be real for everything that happened to have happened. They I can give you explanations for right. even all if you believe little, it's real. Yeah. Right. Even if you believe it's real like there there's I can you could prove, I could prove that you don't actually have contact physically with any of the things the pieces of evidence that you think prove the fact. It's actually all right, belief. Right. Because we didn't exactly. contact any of it. And it's it's kind of like not believing that there is, and this is a weirder version. Right, and of the it, things you like did
0: contact, you, like, could have not been that explanation. Could have just been the flu or whatever. Like people who got sick that you knew or whatever, or people who died. People. That's die what I'm overnight. saying. That's you exactly know, like, what I'm so, saying. There's yeah,
1: yeah. There because we had the and even and happily for me, for anyone trying to do this experiment, there actually are, phys, just as valid physical evidence that are all those things. So like during the height of COVID when the numbers were highest, guess how many many cold and flu cases there were? Literally zero. Actually zero. The CDC said there's actually zero cases, which is actually an impossibility. It's not even possible. It's completely bullshit. Impossible. Yeah. Statistically impossible. So so improbable. You know, so so then you could say, you could say, so they were counting colds and flus as covid then there were the tests well what were they finding well there's also articles whether you believe them or not is up to you i don't care i don't know what i believe it doesn't matter to me because i'm who i am but they you don't even know how they work we don't know right that the pcr test doesn't actually can't even distinguish a lot of these things from each other that you know so what do you really do? Then there's the cycling up and cycling down to the PCR test. Then there's the vaccines and all the lies that were told. It works. It keeps you safe. It keeps you out of the hospital. Does that? And then they they literally themselves, give they present yeah. the the conspiracy right back to you. They go, "Well, we were wrong about this. We we're wrong about that. We we're wrong about that. Okay, we were wrong about everything." And then right. they shut down the whole world. So all of this stuff. What I, my point is, all of it was just all of it was just stuff that was told to you. Even if right. you had people that you know die and they said it was COVID, even if X, Y, and Z, even if they said the hospitals were overflowing, even if no, none of that matters because it was just stuff told to you and shown to you, that's really all there was. So that's people actually know this and know that we operate this way, at least now we do, and that a bunch of people will just will be affected by things that you tell them if you tell them from the right institutions or tell them yeah. from the right pulpit or or whatever. You know, it's just a strange thing.
0: <clears throat> no, it's crazy. It's crazy. And I don't know. Yeah. I don't know about all of this reality. It's deep and it's hard, yeah, to think about, honestly. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's what I think when we go into the metaverse. like I think it'll become... Like, that's, I guess, my version, how I could understand these people who are, like, religious fanatics, like, who text me or whatever. Say, so like, oh, Jesus, come again, you know, it's the end times or whatever. And I'm like, well, it will be the end of reality, like, real reality, if we go live in a metaverse world where everything is just coming from our mind. Like, we literally have no contact with reality anymore. I'm like, that that's a way of being dead. Like, back to what I said at the beginning. It's like, if you... Go with the unconscious, you know, you just follow the crowd or whatever, like you've already died in some deep sense, like because you never really lived, because you never were an individual. You never did anything, you know, you never became conscious of the self or you or stood for anything and did anything. And I feel like that's the same how it could be in the metaverse. Like it's like you would never live. Like you, people could literally still be living, but all be dead in some like spiritual sense. And, I think that that is a perfectly fine way to understand what these people are saying. And, uh, and yeah, it's very tempting. I can see because I had the same reaction as you. Like, I was like, oh, it would be so convenient if, you know, we could all be with these remote working situations and, like, this, you know, remote podcasts. we could, you know, have, like, be in the metaverse, be more intimate, you know, like, see my family that's far away. And then my immediate reaction is like, uh, seems wrong. I think I just need to, like, live near my family. I think we just well, need to yeah. move. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Two things for, according, along those lines. Like, think to me, it's really, this strikes me. That, like, people can do their whole job. Everything they do. Kim is one. Everything she does is just, she can do all the things that she has to do at a computer. All it does just right. never have to get up from a computer. It's all on the computer. Like, that's to me, I'm like, that's wild. Like, how do people, how is like most, like a huge portion of our population Economy. making plen- <laughs> plenty of money just on a computer? They just sit there and do computer things, whatever those things are. And that's wild. Also, I'll say this back in the late 90s or early 2000s, they made the original. Not the new one. I think I haven't seen the new one. I don't know anything about it. But the original Left Behind series, which mm. was a series of movies about the end of the times, like the rapture, like the the Christian version of that, like the Jesus, like the return the rapture, the Antichrist and all that. Mm. And whatever. Religious people will have problems with this or that or other pre-tribulation, post-tribulation, rapture, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. All I know is that the main episode, the main of uh, movie that I remember of that time was this Antichrist guy. And what he would do is, like, for example, there's a guy in a wheelchair and he's trying to, like, convince him to, to I don't know what, follow him. Not the wheelchair guy, but the Antichrist is, like, coming to these people, mm. you know. And he comes to this guy in a wheelchair and he gives him the metaverse glasses,
0: Oh my and he God. goes
1: into this reality and he can walk around like that's Whoa. the premise of this thing, you know, and it's like, that's wild. And what is that a symbol for? It's like that the I this Antichrist is presenting you with a, rea- a reality where you get what you want. Right. It's, well, he's going to perform know?
0: miracles. Yeah. That's what they right. say at least.
1: And that's some kind of a miracle. I mean, there's miracles going on all over the place. So of in my course, opinion. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's uh
0: That's crazy. I never heard Could that. be where that's, we're going. Yeah, that's really wild. I mean, that's what I think because it will be like you're promising people like kind of nirvana, and that's how they talk about it. that's what's so off-putting to me, like so creepy about it. Is that yeah. people will say, Even like, that global AI That Nirvana. Russia 2045 thing we looked at where it's yeah. like, you'll
1: have robot slaves. It'll be fantastic. You're like, uh, yes. is that fantastic? Everyone's and like, you like also a will a be a robot.
0: Space. Digital. Yeah. 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 It's crazy. And that's, uh, people literally think that. Like, you have, like, I mean, we brought up on different episodes, but, like, you've got, uh, Mark Benioff, CEO of Salesforce, saying like, AI nirvana, like he's like, how do we get to the AI nirvana? Like, it's going to be nirvana. And then we've got people like Yuval Noah Harari, that thinker like Homo sapiens, Homo Deus, whatever those books were. Um, He's also like, yeah, we're going to transcend all the mundane, you know, gritty parts of life. and, And it'll be amazing once we live in the AI world and you know upload our kind and our species is going to evolve actually like we're and like these if you're not people... part of that you're not going to be part of the new species like you're going to be left behind like environmentally or evolutionarily <laughs> you know like well and
1: these people are either idiots or they're liars and i honestly at this point i think they're liars because because of just where we are like you have to know it's just like it's exactly like the whole we should preserve the environment therefore we should carbon should be bad and therefore electric everything. And then you dig into the electric everything, which is sold to you as like a utopia. But then you realize if you just look at it, just, it's just a thing you haven't seen before. So of course you haven't looked at it, but then you look at it and you're like, that's not utopia. That's lithium mines and cobalt mines and megatons of earth moving. And what are you talking like? What, what are we actually talking about here? Like, what are you selling me? And, and 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 that's how you know none of this it's right. trying to it's a it's a story that's opposite of like the for example and other it's not just the bible i mean other religious things that you people probably are more keen to or more would rather believe whatever buddha whatever but that like out you know out of the garden we go right the the so there was maybe a utopia. Now you're out of the utopia, and what it, the whole point of being out of the utopia is like all of those things. It's like you can't have all that stuff anymore. Like you're out of that, you know. So they're trying mm-hmm. to like build the fake version of that, this artificial version of that garden where you don't have to, as it says, toil for your food, toil for your your gain. Right. You don't have to pain and pain, you know, experience all the pain of childbirth and child labor and death and, and all of these things and knowing that you're naked and, you know, these are, they're all in the Bible. These are, this is what happens. You. And then, so what is all of human um, progress been since then is it could be any, like technology that we have could be any other technology, but it's all mostly technology that is in some way tr- trying to be some kind of alleviation. Of Brian. the human condition, you know, yes. the, whether it's like the clothing, escapism, whether it's the, yeah. the machines, like, how do we get out of this prison planet? You know, it's, uh, and I don't think. Why has God forsaken me here? Yeah. Very much like yeah, that. And I, do, and I don't know if we, I think that, I think that's a lost cause to be honest. And with it being a lost cause, you can't, we, we have to, we, we really, we can't be going down this road where everything that we are doing is for that purpose, or at least sold to us for that purpose. Because if you actually started thinking about it, this is part of my black pill. So is RFK. I'm like black pilled on him now. I'm over him. But the, oh. like, hmm. we, you know, we can't, we actually can't, that's not, we can't do that. You know, you're like, you're almost defying. Hmm. Reality, God. even in the matrix, yeah. you know, there's the people in the mate, like, there's what is maintaining it. It's like all these machines and stuff. And it's like, well, they I guess need the, the human bodies, like,
0: the unconscious but human what, bodies. Yeah.
1: And what, but what are they, as Morpheus tells us? Like, what? So we have all these machines, they can kind of like basically uh, maintain themselves in some, but with, you know, in amalgamation, they, they maintain itself. But but how do they do that? You know, like how do they get the basically what is it the raw? How do they get the material? The the basic the last the primal final material. material, yeah. Which is which is energy, and what are the people in the that are plugged into the matrix? And then he holds up a Duracell. Remember, Morpheus says batteries. Like that's what you are. Right. Ultimately, you become nothing more than just the energy to go into the machine. And I think we're pushing further and further into that. I yeah. mean, that's why the attention economy. That's why, you know, for the metaverse to work, like it can, they can make it fine, whatever. But for it to matter, people have to and in, in uh, interact with it. People have to go in there. People have to make it into something. We have to collectively will these things through our actions into being. A lot of times, and I think that if we're going to be doing that, sold and the reason we do it is sold to us on basically a lie which it is then what are we doing here but i think there actually are some true believers at the highest level and that's actually why you maintain these kind of like powerful figures and powerful messages kind of that kind of remain behind the behind the first presentation but behind that first presentation of utopia is kind of weirder things that people don't quite sit well with. Like we can only have 500,000 people on the earth. You know, we have to (laughs) reduce the world population somehow peacefully. Don't have a yard. We do have to have
0: Uh, no vacations.
1: And it's like, why? Well, it's like, because we can't have this reality we're trying to bring in with all these. This is just too many people. It's just too many people to do that. You know, there's just, Think of how much you have to conquer to get that oh. to work.
0: Yeah, and I it, mean... it,
1: I, whether they're going to do it or not, I don't know. But they are—they're fooling themselves, or they're just re- relying. and
0: uh, we're yeah. susceptible to it. Well, the Matrix thing is so interesting. That's that symbolism is so deep. I read like a really good analysis of it, and there. So there's an interesting storyline with the whole machines because the machines. They end up having a struggle like people in a weird way where – so the machines, you think – we're told the narrative like, oh, they're the battery. And I think you can think about that like, oh, they're just the energy for the system. But then this person, you know, it's like the humans like aren't really the energy, like just the biochemical energy. It's like the humans are like the life force. Like there's something that machines can't get like – why couldn't they have just made their own energy? Like, their machines. They could just get energy from the water or the earth or whatever, you know? Like, but they need the people. Like, there's something about the people that they're trying to get.
1: Yeah, everything they're doing is a simulation of human reality. And it's like, right. well, why even have that, you know? And it's like, because, like, what happens to the people in the pods if the the software, the experience in the game isn't right? Like, do they start waking up in the pods? Like, they never really explain that necessarily but yeah but maybe what it is too is that people like the neo and morpheus and like people actually start breaking out of that and people start figuring out how to extract people from the matrix on too high of a a level an unsustainable level and then the whole system breaks down but then it becomes but who cares but then you have just like snow pierce like we talked about last week what is the kind of origin story of the matrix world is that what we destroyed the world. A darkness came over the world and they show you in The Matrix how the the world really is. We scorched the skies. We did all this stuff. And you're like, huh.
0: That's... But the birth of AI, actually. That's the actual storyline in The Matrix. Interesting. Yeah, so it's like, what are we... But it's interesting, too, because the... That's what I was thinking. There's like a whole human narrative to the software. So you have the same dichotomy with the machines. So you have the people, like the literal people, and then you have the program people, like the hardware and the software, you know? And then you also have that with the machines because there's like literal machines in the real world in the Matrix, but there's also the programs in the Matrix, which are also machines in some sense. And it's interesting because in the Matrix, Mr. Smith has a very similar kind of narrative to uh, Neo, where... Neo is trying to transcend the Matrix. He's trying to get out, you know, and then and then he becomes – he tries to destroy the Matrix. But not destroy the Matrix. Like, he realizes that – there's an interesting whole narrative there. He's like, realizes he has to become one with the Matrix. He has to become one with Mr. Smith. He can't defeat Mr. Smith. And so – but Mr. Smith has this other interesting parallel narrative where Mr. Smith is also trying to transcend the Matrix. Like, he's trying to infect the human programs, like – He's literally trying to leave the matrix. Like he tries to get out and go to the real world, and he does, which is really crazy. And so you, you see, like how we're not that different. And that's the whole interesting thing about the matrix to me. It's like it paints the machines like. There's not, like, the way the story is told, like, you can see it, like, two dimensionally, like, oh, it's us versus the machines, but then they play with you and they're like, oh, but you're, like, also like Mr. Smith. Like, Mr. Smith is also kind of like Neo. But the problem is that Mr. Smith wants to destroy everything. And then he thinks he can destroy Neo, which is, like, his ultimate downfall. And then at the end, they kind of, like, merge in the, you know, finale of the whole trilogy. And it's interesting because that is, like, what, you know, and that's, like, the Jungian thing to me. It's, like, it's the, you know, transcending of opposites. It's like uh, that's the thing Neo does and he dies a sacrificial death in that way And but it, you know, creates lasting peace for everyone and it creates a lasting peace in both the material world and the software world which is the interesting part there. The software world doesn't go away. So it's just, yeah, it's so interesting. Well, it's
1: crazy because it's there. very much like it's so many stories are like that. like Star Wars bringing balance to the force and, you know, all these things. But I think, there's something, the Matrix is a religion. I mean, it's so intense because I kind of think maybe what you're saying is totally right. Here's another take that I kind of have.
0: Totally yeah, that's done. just a take, yeah.
1: That Mr. Smith is this other kind of entity. And it's ultimately, he's not, there's no Mr. Smith in a pod
0: because right. he's he a doesn't program. doesn't exist out there yet,
1: yeah. But there are, but all the people which Mr. Smith can go into or become on a will, Mm. you know, he can take over people's bodies that are real people. So Mr. Smith is like the other world and it is like, you could think of it as like the Nephilim, the demons, the angels, Satan, Mm. and he is not allowed, you know, to... We don't see the spirits, right? We don't... But there's forces in, of principalities and darkness in high places. That's what the Bible says. But they don't
0: take so material you're like,
1: form, yeah. But they don't. But but there is a line of conspiracy, more of the spiritual line of conspiracy people, thinking that like a lot of this... like, So what? It, remember, um, like what was the uh, Stranger Things was about? There's the same thing. You know, there's this other world and it doesn't really touch this world, but it's like kind of real, but it's like not really real. It's kind of like a similar... To, it's almost it's like a replication mm-hmm. of our world, but it's upside down. And, you know, they present it as many people believe to be the case. They present like this, the MK Ultra experience, experiments as like trying to create a vessel or like this is the Gollum idea and the Jewish tradition, whatever. You're trying to create this vessel to let in the other world finally and physically into this world. Mm. And that that's why those, the demons or the devils hate humanity and are warring against it is because they're jealous or they're mad that they, are trapped in this other realm and they don't actually get to have this experience, have a body be extended into like a real physical space, a new plane. Some people have the total opposite view that like, this is the trap you know, being trapped here, but we don't mm. know. So, but that's another explanation perhaps for the Mr. Smith archetype, which is that, because I think there is a piece of our, the way we're made up that can, that has that other world in it. Like what is the mind, you know, how come, I can, you know, how come, like, let's say you struggle with doing drugs. I had this experience when I was having a little more issues back when I was younger. I remember getting, like, really sober, you know, and a world was constructed around me that was all about that, you know. So, like, I probably didn't need to do all this, but I did, so whatever. But, like, I got, I was, like, in rehab and halfway houses and, you know, and, like, trapped in these institutions and all this. So, like, my whole world around me had become... Drugs and getting off of drugs, just because that's just how things unfolded for me. Whether or not I belong there mm. is a different story. But through that experience, then I would have, I would have, I remember vividly having these dreams because it's my whole world, my whole reality is this right now. And I'm totally stark sober and kind of warring against myself or whatever. But I would have these, what they call, everyone that's done this has had these experiences using dreams, they call them. I had a dream where I did all these drugs. It was amazing. It was crazy. And I was so scared. No, no, whatever. I was having a great time. What is that? Is that, why are you having that experience? What is coming at you? Is there intention behind that? Or is it simply a natural phenomenon? Cause you think about it. I don't know. You could think about it though, as a, as a, you're, you're still a mind. You're still in some other world, some other realm. That's not quite physical. And, mm-hmm. These things are coming at you, these temptations, because you can have those temptations to being awake. Like we've talked about before, Paul saying, like, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I want to stop doing, I do those all the time. What's going on? What And what does he say? Therefore, it's not it's not I, but that which lives in me that does mm-hmm. these things. And like, what is it? What lives in you? Mr. Smith lives in you. And why is he doing that? Why does he want you to be destructive and do these you know carnal things instead and it's like maybe because the ultimate if you can get to that point if you can bring the world Mm. the system to that point of complete breakdown and debauchery and degradation that you can actually begin to manifest these things will be able to manifest into this reality because it begins to agree with them you know the human has the maybe the human world Mm. has that power it can actually manifest certain things because even some of our technology came from like the ether, you basically, even some of the great inventors are like, I had a dream, I woke up and I wrote it down and then I made the thing, you know, and it's like, what? Digital technology, mm-hmm. boom, out of nowhere almost, you know what I mean? It just, it exploded into our realm and that could happen in other realms. What is yeah. that? What's happening? I don't know, but I think that it's, I don't I think I believe in this or don't believe in it. I'm just saying, it's pretty robust of a story that doesn't,
0: doesn't not comport it's pretty (laughs) weird i'm pretty sure we just explained demonic possession using uh, the matrix analogy but literally and where
1: are we going like what is where are we going as society like infinite war infinite confusion about genders and the basic fabric of reality you know just totally turning the world into what in stranger things it's the upside down that's what they call it it's the upside Mm. down world and it's like, is that are we just making the upside down? Like everything has just got to be flipped over on its head. That all the things that once were sacred or good are are now bad and need to be completely altered and shaken and done away with. I just like what because you you do wonder like what the fuck is going on with all of this? Like what are we doing? Even the climate change or the electric vehicles and just like that, not like the story we're told just not being right. You know, it's like, oh, I, you could almost accept it if you could ignore the slave mines in Nambia or wherever. You know, it's like, what are we doing here? This is so crazy. And I don't know. I literally don't know what the, I don't know but i but the black pill comes from that that's what i'm saying like yeah. what is the destiny of everything and do i mm. if, if it's that big and powerful like is it the responsibility of some ind- group of individuals an individual or whatever to figure out how to undo it or are you fighting the ocean and that you're wasting your time and that there's some other proper existence for uh, those of us because the image of jesus at least whether that's a real story or not whatever but the way they present him or that he has presented in the Bible, especially with such little detail in a way, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Makes you go like, hmm, that guy, that might be how to do it, you know? Because he has his like followers are like, what about the money? What should we do with the money? You know, the Caesar's taxing us. And he's like, oh, good question. Hmm. Whose face is on this coin? Caesar? I guess it's Caesar, you know, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's. And it's like, well,
0: so don't have money. If he wants all my money, he can have it. It's kind of like maybe. It is interesting. Yeah. yeah. He doesn't try to solve the problems of the world. He just kind of like does his own thing. He's just kind of like, I'm not participating in evil. He's like, but that doesn't mean destroy them. Like he doesn't destroy the evil doing people, which is uh, interesting. Yeah.
1: His whole thing was just follow me. And who, right. who is me? Like, who is he? And it's like, good question. What, who, who is that guy? What is he doing? Like, what does he say? And why do people, even people that are like, the Bible is bad. And then they start quoting all their points. It's like, <laughs> all they ever quote is the old Testament. No one's ever like, remember when Jesus did that horrible thing and how he gave some terrible message. It's like, but cause he didn't, you know, remember when he said you should forgive the prostitute and not stone her to death. What a bad guy. That guy's pretty chill. You know, he didn't like when the temple was turned into a market of money changing. But beyond that, you know, he was like, hey, you follow me. Hey, you, you want to follow me? Hey, you, we're doing something. Want to follow me? And it's like, what did they do? You know, what were they doing? They were just spreading what really when Jesus was alive, what were they doing? They were just like being true and like, I don't know.
0: We were just communing with one another. They're just sitting, yeah, having interesting, deep conversations, seemingly trying to figure out how to be, <laughs> what's the right way to be. Jesus, tell us. Yeah, and yeah. They follow were trying. me. Don't yeah.
1: Don't look back. You know. Oh I, yeah. That was always oh, a hard one for me when he tells that guy. Self. Well, that was Old Testament, but there's a New Testament analogy of that where he. I can't remember who it is. Someone is a fisherman, I think, and he says, "Follow me, and I'll make you fisher a fisher of men." Interestingly, and then, you know, maybe he's fishing them out of the matrix. I don't know, but he says, uh, "You know, don't even go back to say goodbye to your family. You know, just come along. You know, whatever." And then I feel like that's there's symbolism there too. It's like you that those things not to look back upon, represent something else. Not that your wife is not worth it or your family or whatever, but I think it was like, you can't, you either, it's however you want to say it? it's like you either believe or you don't. You know, like you either understand you're coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah and it's going to be demolished because it's bad or you're going to look back and long for it. And that's the Old Testament version where Lot's wife is turned into a pillar of salt because she looks back and it's like, why did you look back? You know, to see a spectacle, to, because Mm, you longed for it to some extent. It was like, this is, I like this. This is my home. I miss this. And maybe that's the message there is like, it's, no, you, it's a, you can't, you got to really break out away from that. Whatever, because and it, it becomes more and more clear that message becomes more and more powerful as things get weirder and weirder in reality, in our actual reality. Like as as America and the world becomes more crooked and upside down, or Sodom and Gomorrah, you're just like, what is there even left for me? You know, yeah. like what what is even here? Like, good point. I guess I'll just leave. Like, well, what are we doing? Let's do something else. And I don't yeah. know what that other thing is, but no, maybe totally those people thing. will just. Maybe the the bad guys, whoever they are, will destroy themselves ultimately.
0: Yeah. And that's I mean, why I see you it have to just here. walk away. Yeah. In Austin, there's a big homeless community, homeless population. And, uh, you know, we drive through some of the areas where they, are, they hang out. Um, and, uh, you know, the areas where they hang out. Uh, and the I think to school. myself, I'm like, these people have more community than we do like these like you just see the eyes look at them I'm like they're on the street they're just hanging out like they're just talking to other homeless people like just having a time like not doing really much Um, you know they do stuff like you see them like walking around they'll like go do things but uh But, yeah, like, they have relationships with one another. And I just think, like, it always strikes me when we walk go through there. I'm like, these people have something more real than, like, people like me who just sit behind. Like, if I didn't know anyone, you know, like, had any relationship with anyone, and I just had a remote job, like, that would be more real. Like, I could become that person. Like, I could be like, you know what? That would be better, actually. That would be more real.
1: Yeah. I mean... There's, when I was considering the blue pill, as I said I was, there was a part of me that was thinking, you know, that there really is some kind of, maybe not even logically, but like super logically, above logic slightly. There's this, which is, which is the origin point, I think, of, the, of other ideologies, socialism, for example. That like at a certain point, because there are other countries that have that that just seem even westernized kind of places that and when wealthy places that just seem like they give a little more of a shit about themselves. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it matters to them that it goes better here in America. So even so, a good example is like the origin of all the woke gender shit. The, I can't remember the countries like Sweden or Norway or something, wherever it is that originated, those people have already rejected it. They turned around. They're like, nope, we're not doing this anymore. This We've discovered this is not good. Like This is just not good. We're not going to do this anymore. Well, we haven't. We're just going to keep on keeping on because why? B- because people here don't okay. give a shit about each other. You know what I mean? Like it's so... Like there's truth to the question starkly put as like, should we cut the genitals off of people in general and children and gen- like, just like, should we do that? Like hormone block? like all- Really? Should we do that? That's a question, a real question. Right. And yeah. we, we're just, for some reason. So I'm thinking, I'm looking at it going, this is, this is partially, you could look at that as like this weird kind of capitalist impulse. And when you, when everything is capitalism, when capitalism is the answer to every question, I don't know, honestly, this is my blue pill take a little bit, where I'm like, I don't know if that's really true. It works. Capitalism is super logical. You know, it, 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 the mechanism for its, for its machinations are worked out in itself. Like it's pretty well self contained thing and when it's applied it works pretty well especially even when it's applied really purely like it's not now here but like get rid of all the other you know when you mix socialism with capitalism it becomes uh techno technocratic in my opinion that's the that's the transition because you go freedom in the market and then you go well freedom sometimes for some people in certain ways and then because it's in a capitalist society that we're putting on all of these stipulations, even those stipulations for operating in the market become capitalistic. You know, so the people that want to stop uh, pollution are like making money on right, green. Right. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's like it just becomes so. Carbon Convoluted. And yeah. Right. So it's it. So it truly is infinite competition competition between everybody all the time. And it's clear to me that the that the best case doesn't always win. Period. And we've just done things that, and so there's this urge I think to be like, to so here's my take on RFK now. So I've rejected him, but there there's a, it, there was an urge in me to go to, to consider if okay if I were to like like this guy if I voted for this guy based on some of the things he's saying about the pharmaceutical industrial complex, I have to consider, like, what else is he saying? And I know he's saying a lot of things otherwise that I don't agree with. And I ask myself, am I okay with those things? Could I, is that a trade-off that I'm willing to make? Nobody's perfect. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. What kind of trade-off? And so I think some of the things you go, you know what? Do it. Fine. I don't care. Do it. And when I say that, I mean, like, his housing market take and – You know, here's the situation. Well, that's fucked up. What are you going to do about it, RFK? And he has an idea. And I go, that's a little non, not capitalistic. But I kind of trust that you want the best for the country. And I trust that that's done in good faith. And I think that that would be helpful. You know, at least momentarily. Like, yeah, stop the interest rates for regular folks from being 20% on a mortgage like because that's just not okay. So we're just going to go, not doing that. We're going to do 3% and we're going to let you access the money. So if you want to get the house, you can get the house. If you're going to get the house otherwise, you know, at least do something. And that's one of those things where I'm like, hmm, okay, whatever. You know, it's so fucked. Do whatever. Do something. I don't know. What are you going to do? You know, maybe I'm okay with that. There's other things I'm not okay with. Uh, like, I'm not okay with gun restrictions. I think that's a bad, bad, bad slippery slope. I'm not okay with his climate Nazism, which he apparently is a climate Nazi, and I don't like that. And I've just decided he's basically part of the plan. I don't know what his role to play is quite yet. I don't know if he knows what his role is quite yet. But I, it did dawn on me that it is pretty freaking weird how many podcasts, just this is a side note, that he's been on Tiger Belly. Joe Rogan all in Russell I mean brand. big 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 Theo Vaughn Russell brand these huge but pod- and you know what I've discovered if you listen to them almost every single one of those podcasts that he's been on the people on the podcast the hosts almost without exception as far as I can tell pretty much without exception maybe all in is a little more there's a lot of hosts on that show so there's a little more diversity of thought I guess Uh almost all of these people are like basically emphatically like I would vote for you. I support you. That's interesting. Mm. That's yeah, really interesting. And I think there's two parts of it. One is half of those people are probably CIA, but the other part oh of gosh. the interesting phenomenon there is that I think that he's whatever it is he's doing, he's doing it expertly. He is being really palatable. You know what I mean? Like, cause I had that experience too. I listened to him and I went, boy I would vote for you like I support you and I don't even support you support you because like what I would have already said like there's things that I don't support about it but like I su- whatever vibe you're doing I support that vibe
0: and now I don't well it's like the Trump thing I mean it has that allure like the same allure where Trump was like I'm going to drain the swamp I feel like RFK has that kind of energy he's like I'm going to destroy the three letter agencies and you're like do it like yes that needs to happen <laughs> yeah. yeah be definitely be catastrophic please
1: and uh, anyways i mean that's also
0: might... scary though i mean it's like yeah i mean also trump didn't drain the swamp so i mean if that's any indication of what rfk will be like well, he won't destroy right, the exactly agencies so but as tim dillon said
1: these monsters that we have running the world living in the hamptons sipping their martinis at 11am did you hear his recent podcast? He said, oh, we need yeah. these people. If we don't have these people, we lose. And it's like, oh, that might be true. Against so other I countries think or? Just in, yeah, on the world stage, like <laughs> we have to have these, like if our psychopaths don't do it, the Chinese psychopaths will. Like we oh, kind of need these yeah. freaks. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. That's probably right. So I think I really liked the the, the Ron Paul revolution, what that's been so muddied, but like that was a simpler time. I mean, the ideas were... Like I think you could actually do a lot, just for example, by just lifting restrictions for small businesses to operate. Like right, all these yeah, licensing yeah. requirements and stuff. It's like just open up the economy, please. And, and maybe there is something... I mean, it's so hard to say because Trump made this quote about clean coal, and people were like, "What the fuck is clean coal? That's not real." And it's like, I don't know.
0: Is it though? Like, you think we couldn't figure out how to filter? I have a water filter that filters out. Like, there is cleaner coal. Like, that's a thing in environmental science. Like, there's coal that's and more there's and scrubbers less dirty. That's yeah.
1: That scrubs the emissions and and. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. Like maybe we've made it's just as
0: sensible as like clean energy is nonsensical. Like clean coal makes sense to me. Like because nothing's truly clean. Like nothing doesn't emit anything. And in the right, way that these people real, are like net right. zero, I'm like it's not net zero. Like you're still going to have to get the mines and like get the minerals, and that's like toxic and, and labor is you know unsafe and slave like. And so I'm like. I mean, it's as clean as that is. So maybe it's better, honestly. <laughs> like...
1: Yeah. And I, I think that like there's a, there's, yeah, I think that if the world doesn't end, then the answer is like just a more tangible life. Yeah. Um, I heard another person recently said that, that the future is authenticity. And I think that's, if you look at RFK, you look at the difference between RFK and Vivek Ramaswamy. Vivek is less trustworthy to me because he seems less authentic. Now, this is that debate in the second presidential debate for Republican primary debate and DeSantis said something as good as his policies may or may not be whatever he said he he said this like you know they get to talk in like minute long thing so he says like a minute long mm-hmm. thing and within contained within his minute he has like this whole like three or four sentence ditty that all all it, it's a it rhymed they all his sentence rhymed you know on purpose I'm like that's not like you're this is why oh you don't do well because you're rhyming on stage. Like nobody – and there's a point to be made. Somebody said, you know, like people don't try anymore. Like like that's effort. I get it. Like that is effort. But like put your finger in the wind, dude. Like people want authenticity. They want off the cuff. They want to right. know right. – they want to trust you. They want to know who you are. Which is exactly what draws people to RFK because RFK and Vivek have similar, if not very different, but similar in ways messaging. And it's the same – it's that messaging that draws people to them. But the thing that's more palatable about RFK between him and Vivek is that Vivek is super wired and – and and uh,
0: He has a lot of prepackaged thoughts and ideas. Yes, very yeah. – yes.
1: And I've noticed this listening to RFK a hundred times now on different podcasts. He also is doing that. You can't, it's hard to avoid that. When you find good points, you find things that you're like, this is important to me. You'll say it over and over again. We, we have one podcast and we still do it. You know, where it's like, we think this, we think this, have we mentioned that we think this? It's like, you're going to say the (laughs) same things when you come down to your core. And, uh, but he can also come off the cuff and say, you know, like, what's the point of life, which is yeah, a great thing to say, you know, so Uh, I don't, I just don't know, but, um, I think a more tangible life will be, well, I just, I can't, I I definitely don't support him. I'm waiting. I think there's a book I'm going to have to read. Monica sent it to me. It's called, it's some, it's one of those, like the real RFK or something like that written by some author, last name Oppenheimer, kind of interesting, um, Uh, good. But basically, from what Monica told me, he's just another loser, Kennedy. I don't know if she meant loser like not winner or loser like he's a loser. But that oh, he's just a, a climate Nazi that wants to use Kennedy his last name to do his thing. And I, I don't know, but I don't, um,
0: know. I don't know.
1: I think you know. I'm. It's we started off the whole podcast more sane, and it's like there is something to just like local. Localism, pages oh, of what's going on around yes. you. Well, that was the focus thing I was going to say about
0: capitalism. Is like, I think capitalism is a fine system and it works. I think there's a difference though between capitalism at scale and capitalism on a local level. Capitalism on a local level looks like enforced um, reciprocity, where you or enforced altruism. Like you get rewarded for being a good steward of your community. However, at scale, when you don't know the people that you're engaged in a capitalistic system with, it starts to get overtaken by greed. And I think that that becomes a primary motivation.
1: I just had this experience. So I have a, my, I'm fixing someone's running a lawnmower and the, um, the blade engagement cable broke very, it happens, but it's a little random. It's, and so this part, which would break, you know, like you would, Over the lifetime of it, you'd probably need to replace it eventually. It Mm -hmm. is made of metal, but still. So I'm like, okay, where can I find this? Nobody has this anywhere. The only – so I started thinking something's ruined the world. I can't even get the – like what's the solution? Buy a new like $4,000. Now that's how much they cost, by the way. They used to be a couple hundred bucks. Now they're crazy. Like what, what do I do, you know? And so, of course, Amazon has a hundred options. They're all made by companies called like uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, whatever. They're all Chinese crap. And they're not super cheap. It's great. I'm like, fine, whatever. Ship ship it to me. And I'm like, where else could I find it? So I start looking online. I'm like, okay, is this good? You know? It's, it's pushed the stuff. So I started thinking, what were the old hardware stores like? So it, it is true. You used to have to go to a hardware store, your local guy. They don't exist very much anymore. But if you needed something, you'd go there, kind of like an Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware does have a pretty decent stock, though. But back in the day, sometimes you needed a very specific bolt, whatever, for your tractor, or you go to the guy, and he'd have some place he got the stuff from, you know, whether he was having it fabricated or he knew the companies to buy it from. And he'd flip through his thing. He said, oh, yeah, I can get that for you. Come back in a week. So it was still somewhat, it wasn't the the best, you know, necessarily. If you have a, a weird part you need, maybe it's it was never gonna be in a store. So mm-hmm. Amazon hasn't ruined that for us. But then I start looking and I'm like, I can buy this from these other online retailers. That's a little more local, right? Like this, at least I it's not Amazon, it's something else. Maybe I go there. And you'll constantly find that the product has got a quadruple double the price than Amazon. Mm-hmm. And then you realize, you also realize I can't tell if it's the same product or not because if you go to john deere's website by the way john deere itself they're going to sell you the part for quintuple the price Mm -hmm. but it has the same reviews that the ones on amazon has in fact john deere sells their part on amazon too and it's just this like right right like that's such a it's so weird to me just that we would let that happen Yeah. No, it's literally
0: the same reviews, by the way. It's called review syndication. Like they get synced to where the product is across all the different platforms that it's on. Yeah.
1: And I don't even know if it was the same product. I just know that the – so like if I was like, oh, wow, the reviews on Amazon, there was a piece on it that broke. You know, So I go to this other one and I'm like on – it's 50 bucks, not 20 bucks and it's at this mowerparts.com and it's like – whether it's the same part or not, I don't know. But the same, the reviews are like, this part breaks. I'm like, what the fuck? So this, it must just be a thing. Like this part breaks. I don't know. Are they all the same product? What's going on here? Yeah. So so what happens? Like Amazon turns into Google. It's just like ev- everything I've ever think of that I need, Amazon, I just go to Amazon. It's just there. I, I, I don't know if that's good or bad. Like what has that done to commerce or the economy? Has it totally depersonalized it? I just don't know. You pretty much heard what I said. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Okay.
1: You know, it's just, it's just something odd about it. And you go, you know, you could look into it. You know, is Amazon even profitable yet? I heard that they don't make any money on an Amazon store.
0: No, they don't make a lot of money on the stores. Yeah. They make a little bit. It's all on their mostly servers. It's on, yeah, AWS. Yeah.
1: Which. So it's like, why are you, so why are you.
0: Why are, Why are you running that this? business? Yeah, exactly.
1: Why are you doing it? You don't make any money. What is going
0: on? I don't understand. What like what are you doing? No economies of scope. I've been saying this. I feel like it's the most underrated thing that never gets talked about in litigation. what is. So I
1: know what economies of
0: scales is, is are is. What is economies of <laughs> scope? I That's forgot. like you do one thing, and so it's easy to do another thing. Like. So it's like breadth of product offerings. So that's what Amazon is doing with the servers. It's like, well, we do all this other stuff, we could just do servers now. Like, well, because we already have a technology business, like we could just do other technology. Why don't we make other software? Why don't we make small business software? Why don't we make software for big enterprise businesses? You know, it's like, and that's a real problem because once you have a capital generating machine, or you have access to capital, or you have access to the labor, or whatever, it's very easy to just mobilize it to do another little thing. Like that ball, it has like a positive feedback loop. You know, like once you get the ball rolling, you know, it's easy just to start snowballing down the hill. And um, yeah, does, that's a problem it does seem with like businesses. It seems like it works that way. It's like why Google does everything. It's like that's an economy of scope issue,
1: it, especially when it's online stuff. So, like, because I can see, yes. like, okay, I start, I start like building people around here decks or whatever and then people start asking you know if i can build them a small shed it's like yeah okay i'll do shed it's like do i have an economy of scope i'm just like well yeah but it's constrained by nature like my abilities and and as i and because it's, it's because those economies of scope that you're talking about have a, a degree of of being an economy of scale also where they have both the, those to do, yes. to do yeah. yeah so to do the additional things on the internet doesn't
0: necessarily you know so if I'm offering yes all things on the internet have economies of scale because of the widespread nature of them
1: internet and phone used to be offered by the same company and it was just a button so they didn't even have to hire another person to offer it you know this okay click phone on and internet on for you okay thank you that'll be double the cost or and then TV. They did. They had cable too. And would you like TV? We could push TV button too. And would you like a thousand channels or ten thousand channels? We just push those buttons. Right. It's so zero you have marginal cost this, for them.
0: Yeah. Right. So yeah, it there's something. Kind of uh, but the scope is like you know things that would be otherwise like a like the traditional examples are like things that would be either waste products or, or just tangential things. You know, like. They would talk about like uh, if you were a beef producer, like becoming a leather manufacturer would be mm. an economy of scope because you would have just thrown away the skin of the animal or you would have sold it as like a byproduct. Like, But it's actually cheaper for you to start the leather business than it is for someone else to buy that from you and then buy all the capital and machinery and whatnot and start the leather business because you are going to sell it at more than cost because that's how it's profitable for you but you can get it at cost when you're the one making the beef so that's why well you might be
1: saving money by not having to dispose of it like literally exactly actually,
0: yeah to break
1: even would There's be the, to too. make money because <laughs> you're not paying the cost of whatever it was you were doing before that burying it or something right yeah
0: that's it's, and that's it's the question problem. That, You never hear anyone talk about it, though. It's like people don't even know what economies of scope are. And I'm like, that's the more problematic thing to me. Like economies of scale, it would almost be fine if they were just like one thing. Like if you just did one thing really big, like who cares? You know, like that's fine. What I don't like is that you do everything really big.
1: It makes it seem like that monopoly is the natural end of capitalism in a weird way though when you let all those things run their course you know yeah that like eventually because then eventually too you could be like
0: like all these tech companies well with regulatory capture it is i think i think when regulation can be bought if that's also a part of the economy then it monopoly is the natural end because without regulation on like and the regulation really is ideally just to enforce the rules of free market capitalism. Is just to ensure that we stay as free as ca- possible. But when that's been bought and that's commoditized as well, then and that's part of the capitalistic system, then uh, yeah, you rewrite the rules, and then you don't have something capitalistic. You have uh, whatever you rewrote the rules to, which is something technocratic. Yeah. something
1: yeah. Capitalism allows for a lot of scammy behavior, and I feel like that could be like one of the big issues with it, it's like, it's just like how Walmart, like I always call it the Walmart effect. They come in, they have capital to do what they need to do. They don't make any money. They lose money, but then everyone else goes out of business and they jack the price back up. And it's like, that's scammy, you know, like that you're not fixing a problem. You're making a problem, offering a solution. And then once the problem disappears completely, your problem disappears completely. You just go back to being the problem. You know, it's, and it's like, like government. <laughs> it's, yeah. Literally, it is. It's like, so, I and I, uh, that's, that I don't like. And I, certain things are probably easier to be scammy about than other things, you know, like if you're a builder yeah. and you build badly, like that's, you build bad, you know, you're, you have, it. the proof is in the pudding, as they say, whereas... Mm, You know, Amazon somehow can operate and operate, operate and at a loss and everyone thinks it's just this mega successful corporation and they're successful for a reason and they have the best prices and all this. And it's like, but really they're kind of running a scam on you and they're running a scam on other business owners. And the scam involves convincing other scammers or people who are fine with scamming to fund them until one day they are profitable and we promised you'll get rich and what? for everyone else you know right right. like well they'll buy stuff on amazon it's like well that's weird and then is it any better because like i'm sure amazon in the next 10 minutes is going to tell everybody that they're net neutral but when kim buys a lipstick it comes in a box in a box in a box with like 25 bags of air that just all get like one amazon package of lipstick fills the trash can you know like it's kind of crazy no. And we actually use our cardboard for other reasons, but it's just, it's like, we're scamming. We're This is all scams.
0: <laughs> scams, yeah. Done by scammers. I mean, these Wall Street people are the biggest scammers of all. Did you know that the uh, CEO, this is the last thing I say because I got to go, the CEO of Goldman Sachs moonlights as a DJ. The CEO moonlights as a DJ. And not like, He's just a little bit of a DJ. He's like a famous DJ. Like, he performs at like big ass concerts and stuff. So, if you just ever think about who's running these big financial firms, DJs, DJs, those are the kind of people. So, the fact <laughs> that he that.
1: even has time to be a DJ while running the world makes me think I'm doubling down on the fact that it's all a scam. Like, it's a It's like, as George Carlin says, it's a big club and you're not in it. (laughs) (laughs) That's the basic premise here.
0: No, it's such a scam. Yeah. These financial people, it's just a rigmarole for them. I mean, and then too, I found out that Andres in Horowitz guy or whatever, who's like big on AI and like funding all these things. He's like also funding uh, Adam Newman's new company. Adam Newman was the CEO of WeWork. And, like, if you're funding Adam Newman at this point, you're a fraud. You are a criminal, okay? Like, that I, I is criminal. That is. Adam Newman funded WeWork. He was like the founder of WeWork. And What's just that? watch that co working space. WeWork was like, oh. you could like go sign up for a subscription, and then you could like go work in like a WeWork office with other people who work there who like, you know, just do your job. Oh, there. yeah. But they started all this crazy shit. They like got all this money, they had billions of dollars of investment. And basically, Adam Newman, like, the whole thing was so corrupt. Just watch the documentaries on this. It's so crazy because they started all these companies. They, like, had, like, a children's daycare called We Grow. And, like, his wife is this crazy, like, yoga guru woman who's, like, we're elevating the consciousness of the world, okay? And, like, that's literally, like, written in their, like, company documents and everything. And, like, you look at what happened. And what happened was Adam Newman was leasing the office space to his own company. Talk about conflicts of interest. Like, he owned the office space that the company was paying money to lease. Like, if you're funding that now, you're a criminal. Like, what are we talking about? This person is not fit to run a company. They, They did not go public for years because it was so... They were not profitable. They could not show that they were making any money. They were losing money, losing money after getting billions of dollars, one of the most well-funded businesses, if not the most well-funded business in history, most invested in. And they were losing money still. And uh, yeah, and then they went public. They were still losing money. It was a huge shit show. They found out that Adam was leasing the company's business, you know, real estate to himself. Uh, And uh, and yeah, and then they just let him, he he goes out of there, you know, walks completely scot-free. And now he has another company and there's this investor guy, billionaire, who's funding him. And I'm like... You're a shill. You're a shill. You need to stop, okay? Don't give me this bullshit about how VCs are, like, helping the world by funding business. You're funding criminals. Fuck that guy. Get rid of him. He's done, okay? We don't want any more of his shit. Anyway, that's all I got to say about that. That's all I got to say about that. that. (laughs) And you said Andreessen is funding that? (laughs) Andreessen Horowitz. Whatever Adam Newman's new company. I don't even know. I don't even know. It just makes me angry. If you watch a documentary, you'll get riled up about it because this guy, like, just a piece of shit. I, I mean, some of it's like alluring. You're like, yeah, I would like to elevate the consciousness of the world. But not like if you're a complete narcissist and like trick everyone to think you're like making money and you're just spending investors money and completely wasting everyone's time.
1: That's weird. And Andreessen,
0: Andreessen Horowitz,
1: that's a guy, right? It's yeah. It's a company, a but guy. it's a guy, right? But it's also a guy. He was yeah. on Joe Rogan talking about like conspiracies and stuff.
0: Yeah, Probably.
1: Whatever. That's it. Really interesting.
0: Whatever. These woke, like, billionaire type people. I mean, who even knows? Who Who needs them? Who needs them? We're done. We're done. It would be better without them. Okay. I mean, but we need them. We do need them. Like Tim Dillon said, we need those crazy people (laughs) because I don't know what's going to happen if we don't have our crazy people. We need you know, someone to hold the tide against the other crazy people in the world. I would be totally happy. Like, I feel like
1: it's totally possible almost to like convince these people to just like do something good. Dude, You know, yes. like even yes. if you're going to monopolize the world, like root for us for a minute just because you could do it that you know (laughs) cannot
0: do it right like literally made the hugest mistake of their lives like these
1: big tech companies just like quit supporting censorship and support free speech and actually people will find you more palatable they'll like maybe even like you
0: yeah you don't need to run these branding PR personal brand campaigns to reshape your image if you just did things that people actually wanted you to do yeah,
1: and it, it's funny because you see that effect of that, the possible the possibility there, like RFK saying just true things and people like him. Elon Musk every now and then just says something true on Twitter and people are like, see, he's totally like with us because he just like says something exactly. normal. Like a normal you know, it's it's a game that he's playing, but still it's like see how effective it could be to like point at bullshit and do something that seems good rather than just like gobbling up the entire world and being
0: horrible people. <laughs> yeah. The whatever chess games you're so playing annoying. at. Who knows? Literally. Who knows? Okay. We're out of here. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> me <terrible>. too. <laughs> All right. Bye. Oh, bye. Bye.